Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Kill me now. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction. The one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Welcome to Kill Me Now. Uh, my co-host today is the incredible Leonard Marcus. Hi. Hi, Leonard. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm very excited today. Seth is here because, you know, Patrick. He just came in, Patrick. He said oh, okay. you guys had a moment. He said. Right. We he did? at him already? No, he's, he got sensitive. I said, Patrick. We were kidding. He's like, I know, but I felt it like right here. <laughs> Maybe I'm too sensitive. I'm like, well, you're in the right business. Anyway, I'm so excited about our guest today. Me too. Um, I don't know what, like, I'm going to give you a good intro. Ready? You don't have to. I want to. Why? So, you know, when I was uh, when I was still working as a stand-up and people would say, uh, how do you want to be yeah. brought up? I, I would say to them, just say that he's often been mistaken for having appeared on The Tonight Show. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how a comedian introduces his fiance to his parents for the first time? How? He goes up to her and says, what do you want me to say about you? <laughs> um, I don't know if you know the voice. I mean, you know, that this guy... I don't know, even know what to say about you. It's just so much. Um, you're an author. You're yes. a comedian. You're a writer. Yeah. I mean, it, you've written. For, you wrote for the Late Show. With you wrote for Letterman forever, even when it was the Late Late Show. Right. Um, you four novels. Right. Uh, the Ringer won't let me. Time won't let me. Time. I mean, sorry. Time won't let me. Yeah. Everything hurt. I've spilled fucking coffee all everything. Everything hurts. <laughs> this is um, very loose format. Very professional. Yeah. And, uh, shrink thyself. Oh, sorry, thyself. And time won't let me. Thurber Prize nominee. Yes. That's uh, like a fucking huge thing. The Thurber. Well, to to be the runner up is you know there's of course what one that's that the year? great Not that I Alan Swibell. Oh. Who's never let me forget it. Oh, that's unusual. Never <laughs> let Alan, me, Alan's been a guest. Never let me forget it. Actually sent me a recipe for stuffing, and at the end of the recipe it says, mold into shape of Thurber Award. Just <laughs> 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 will that. not let me forget it. Um, you, I mean, I... I, I had the do, same problem. We, we could. What? I literally could do seven hours with Bill. Okay, but Harvard, stand up, Adrian, no, no, I, I haven't I mean, gotten to oh that. Do we, yeah. like, just, do you want to instead of doing yes, all this I nonsense? Because it's just nonsense. You want to talk about how we met? Yes, I. That's I the, that and, and, is my favorite story. So it's it's either now it's either one or the other. It really doesn't matter. Either I saw you first or Adrian saw you first. Right. I think I saw you first because I went out to Rutgers. For the talent show, it was all Catch Rising Star was running these series of talent shows to try and select people for this HBO special they were doing called Campus Comedy. Oh yeah, it's the I only yeah. HBO special that's only run once. Right, and, <laughs> and we went so they would have they would dispatch the the MCs myself, Adrian Tulsh, my late wife, J.J. Uh, Wall, or Bill Maher actually out in the West Coast because right. he, he had just moved out there. And they would go and we would judge these talent shows. And then the winner got to perform in front of, we'd have a show like the following month. Right. So I, I'm almost positive that I went to Rutgers for the talent show and I saw you and you won, as we say at the racetrack, 
going away. And um, and then Adrian came out and did the show. I think Larry was with you guys too. No, no, I was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Adrian came out and did did the show. Did I met the Larry, real show. Yeah, and yeah. I think Larry was also on yes, that. Yes, Larry yes, was on. Yes. I was not. And and um, and you opened. And Adrian said to you, come to catch what, you know, you're hysterical and you're, you know, and I had told her that you would want, I said, right. yes, you're going to like this girl. And that was, I want to say that's 83. I thought, yeah, 82, I think. 82, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe and, 83. Yeah. Know. And, um, and that was, uh, and that's how we met. And then the next thing, you, you graduate college. Did you graduate? Of course. Yeah, have you met my parent? Well, they're dead, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm I just because a lot of because <laughs> this is the Jew Bell, by yeah. the way. <laughs> it's the Jew Bell that yeah. used to belong to Steve Allen. Oh, but, now, yeah. now it's us. Now yeah. it's ours. Yeah. Um, so, and then you start. Then the next thing I knew, you were you were at the clubs, and it was one of those great success stories. And uh, you know, when I saw her and Adrian uh, more so than me, I thought, okay, this is clearly somebody that's that is indelible when you see her and it's someone that had something that I didn't have which called the draw gene that clearly you were going to be someone that was going to remind people in the audience of somebody they knew and people were going to come back right. and it was clear it's clearly what happened clearly oh, Bill that's so sweet I'll never forget that because uh, I did that show and my parents came and someone figured out my mother was my mother and said uh you know i read i met don rickles mother and today i met judy gold's mother and my mother loved to tell that story oh, but wow. i was like 18 19 years old right and, and i remember the hat you wore did oh, you wear God. that hat all yes, the time i had a hat i had it was so stupid i was so ugh. But I remember that at Adrian. But I, how stupid were you? I remember the hat. How stupid were you? It was you? blue. Right. Um, I know. And it was a little small, I want to say. It oh, was small. For my head. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I was finding myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, How'd that go, by the way? Yeah. It's, I'm still working on <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, but, you know, Adrian, which we have to right, dedicate. We'll talk, right, right. Yes. To, asked, told me to come to catch, and I started hanging out there. And watching her MC was such. It was like going to graduate school, right? You know, it was like, wow. You know, walking in that room. I mean, she was that room, right? And this, these, this, this was in the days where the show started at nine and ended and, about two in the morning, right? And I would go on at like. Too. Right, and, but, but what we, but what, right, but, but that's what you did, and that was, and it was one of those things where I wouldn't hang out at the bar. I sat in the room from nine to two if there was if there was right. room, and that it was like an education, and you just saw how people played the room, you saw, you know, how you emceed, and you just learned. And when I went on the road, um, and and you would go into a club on like let's say Wednesday night, and it was always light like on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday even. And the, the club owners would say to me, how come when the acts from L.A. come out here and it's a lighthouse the first night that they just get on stage and fuck around? But the acts from New York come and they don't care if it's two people right. or 200 they people. Do their act. They do their act. And I said, because we spend the first year and a half or two years playing in front of two or three people. Right. So we we respect that. Yeah. We know it's still a house. And usually from the mob, if you right. that. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, I remember. Well, that's just, this was the last days. Uh, I think they might have been, it, it might have completely gone legit by the time you got there. But when I started to catch it, it was the last vestiges of the mob. As Adrian right. would say, the, the, the sprinkler system was painted on the ceiling <laughs> rather than installed. Right. And, and it was the last days when they were making the, the transition. And I was going around, the, I was emceeing, I was going around the room one night, and, uh, and I say, uh, hey, is a tough-looking guy. Uh, what's your name? And I just heard, next. And <laughs> you knew... That this was not a guy to be trifled with, and the guy that owned the the mob guy that was most heavily in the the outfit guy was a guy named Joey Zipper. Uh huh. Jewish. Joey, <laughs> and uh, might have been, and uh, and Larry Amaro said, "Oh, I blew his son, Joey Unzipper." You know, Larry. <laughs> Larry. I love Larry. Larry. Bill Sheft is fucking amazing. I have to say, you're. You're amazing, and you've been in my life for so fucking long. But 
All right, I have some questions about your upbringing. And can we can we just yes. and and now let's just move quickly to the present. My cousin, eighty nine year old. First-time filmmaker Joan Crone. Oh yes, Joan Crone has her new uh, her her film her debut film at eighty nine is coming out and it's a it's a documentary on female comics and plastic surgery. It's called Take My Nose, Please. Yes. And Judy not only is is in it, but I would say in terms of consistency, poignancy, and you know laugh to word ratio, <laughs> way 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 oh, up there. Oh, absolutely! Thank you. I and haven't gets, even seen it. And gets the last big big laugh in the film. I do. Yes, yeah, bitches. <laughs> but 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 forget that because we know you yeah. you know we know you're going to be funny but because I we're supposed. Her. To, I love but here's Joan. the thing. Yeah. The serious stuff you say is is uh, so right on point and. Um, uh, the word I'm the word I'm looking for is it's so economical. You get right to it, you get right to it, and you and it's not just about plastic surgery. It's just you know the notion of just being a woman in right. this society, and it was just really beautifully uh, wrought. And the film is Adrian and I, uh, or the executive producers, and the film is in Adrian's memory. And it was so Joni is uh, she's a career. A wonderful journalist, award-winning journalist, and I, she, her grandmother and my grandfather were brother and sister, so we didn't know oh, each. So we wow. and we didn't know each other till nine years ago, and I was on Letterman promoting my my third novel, and she writes me, you know, are you my cousin from Brockton, you know, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Actually, the email actually had that sort of. Ex and uh, <laughs> so, my so, I, so I said to her, I, I might be, and I'm doing a thing at the. She says, Well, I'm coming to the 92nd Street Y to hear you. And I was promoting. I was, right. Susie Esmond was interviewing me. It's great. Is that every time I name drop? It's no, it's all Jews. Oh, it's Anything all Jews. Oh, that's <laughs> that should really be established yeah. right up top. Uh, yeah, well, the it... listeners, they come to my show with bells. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow, and people... I'm sure that's not annoying at no, all or distracting. <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't yeah, get in the way yeah. at all. All right. Wow. Sorry. So, yeah. so she uh, comes, and I don't know how, and she's like an eighty. Right. And, you know, she comes up to me after. She says, you know, I'm a writer, too. You know, it was and like. And you probably were like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, let me send you something. And I said, well, you send me something from 1973. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, she sends me a piece that was in Allure magazine like two weeks before. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, she's a real journalist. She got a jailhouse interview with Scott Thorson the week after the Liberace movie on right. HBO. And I. A jailhouse interview. I say, Joni, how'd you get a jailhouse interview with Scott Thorson? She said, I put $1,000 in his canteen account. I mean, she is old oh, school. Oh, that's great. So now she's decides she wants to make a movie. And Adrian and I, Adrian loved her. So we're right. over there visiting her. She lives seven blocks from me. We didn't know it. Right. So we go over there and she says, I want to make a movie. And I want to make a movie about plastic surgery. But the stuff is it's just too dry. But I noticed... That the only people who talk openly about plastic surgery, either theirs or other people, are female stand-ups. And I said, well, there's your movie. And she said, really? Female stand-up comics and plastic surgery? And Adrian said, yes, and we'll help you. Now, everybody, you know, I'm going to make a movie. Right, 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 right. You know, I'm writing a screen. You know, it's all that. And, of course, now it's five years later. She did it. It's won all kinds of awards. I know. It's great. Yeah. And um, so it's Take My Nose, Please. Yeah. And uh, so like that. And she wow. was like, I couldn't believe. She's like, can you believe I'm doing this? Can you? And I was like, it's the greatest thing. Dang. It, yeah. You know, like it. she gives you hope. Then oh, you never stop, you know, and we never stop anyway. But you right. know what I'm saying. But she is, she, she is such a hard worker, yes. and, and everybody has the same stories about right. the emails from her three in the morning, right? Because she's up, and she's ready to go. And uh, but she really did a, a a masterful job in this. And 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 you're a just a a giant, oh, thank you, giant part of it. And it was uh, it was uh, it was great to see. And it was, of course, you know, her thing was. I am not going to make a seven couch documentary. Right, right, right. I'm not going to have seven people on seven couches. Right. And this, let me tell you something about this movie. There's a lot to look at. Right. There's a lot to look at in this movie. And, you know, it's film. It's a visual medium. Right. So I've heard. Right. And uh, it just is, it's just a masterful job. And, of course, now she says to me, we're on the road going to festivals. And uh, so I was, you know, driving her. And let me just say that. It's one thing to be of service. Right. 
it's another thing to be Morgan fucking Freeman. Yeah. That's another thing. So, but that's beside that. You know, when you're in the, you know, when you're it, when you got the two hour layover in yeah. Minneapolis, yeah. and she's in the wheelchair, right. and then you hear those two words you don't want to hear. Right. I'm bored. Oh. <laughs> so now, I'm, now I'm wheeling her right. to the mall in right. the airport. What could there yeah, possibly yeah, right. be? I mean, what could you possibly need from the mall and the airport? And uh, you need a pretzel? I mean, really? Yeah. Um, but uh, so we were so we were out in the road, and she said, "I just want to, you know, make my money back on this movie, so I can make my next movie." And I said, "Well, what's 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 your next movie?" She says. You know, she says, the history of Botox. And I said, hey, you know, Joni, that's dynamite. But (laughs) the next movie is I'm going to buy a fucking camera and put it on you for two hours. And you're just going to talk. That's a great idea. Yeah. So that's. uh, Wow. But so that's. So now we're all caught up. She told me I'm going to get plastic surgery. She's like. She's she's guaranteed it. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. She's. No. Well, you know. well, you know, I'm one of those people. I, I that just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't want fucking needles in my face, and I don't want to be cut open. I, you know, I just don't want. You're it. funny that way. Hey, that, now. That, 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 you, <laughs> that you don't want to be I cut open. I, I mean, my feeling is, especially if you're, if you're a comic, or maybe you know, it's anybody's right. choice. But I used to say to Adrian, you know, if if you do it. You know, they're, they're going to take away some right. of you. Right. So you won't be you right. anymore. And uh, I think that that's probably an antiquated notion right. for anybody, including myself, that's ever had braces or right. I got too no, artificial. No, but that's a different thing. That's a different thing. It this is. is. You know, you don't think so? Well, I mean, I've sort of been swayed that it isn't a different thing because it is a cosmetic. Uh, right, but. Straightening your teeth is also a medical thing. Right, good, you know? good health, yeah. Right. Yeah. And the hip replacements. Yeah. I have a fake knee, but I You've... wouldn't be walking. That's not a cosmetic <laughs> well, I thing. Don't... And believe I think me, you, my you knee have is an, fucking you have an, ugly. Yeah. You have an artificial knee. You yes. don't have a fake knee. Yeah, that's true. It's I not, it's not you know, an arm masquerading yeah. as a knee. <laughs> You know, he, you know, he is no, a wordsmith. I'm, no, I'm no doctor, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it's not a fake knee. Now, yeah. you grew up yes. in, in Newton, Ma- Newton, Newton, Massachusetts. Which is also known as Juton, Massachusetts. Right. And, I mean, no one had six kids. You were five, you're the fifth of six? I'm the fifth of six. Of... Now, how about this? My mother, four miscarriages before the first kid. Oh, wow. As Adrian would say, there's a Jewish woman who never had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> My mother, and this is all you need to know, right. so so four miscarriages and six kids, and my sister Sally, years ago, she taped her uh, telling all her stories from growing up, and my mother is t- just a tremendous storyteller and very funny and all these stories, and now she's up to, it's uh, the fall of... Um, of 1948 and she said and uh, and your father and I went to Europe and the first night I was uh, deathly ill deathly ill and we went to the doctor the next day and I found out that I was pregnant with my first child wow. okay Sally turn off the tape now. <laughs> her life ended when that she was, was yeah That's and then it? and then you hear this really scratchy the right. tape coming on again and Mom, could you name your six children? All right. <laughs> I mean, it barely oh got through wow. the six. Remember the six names? Wow. Yeah. And then, and then my father came in and sneezed, and that was the end of it. It was. <laughs> but wait, why did she have so many kids? I, you know, I think that she well, she was from a large family. Right. She was from six kids. I think that that's, that's not Jewish. No, it's not. Not not at all. It's more Irish. But she, I think, she thought we were the sort of the Jewish Kennedys, right? And that we were going to be all about, you know, growing up in Massachusetts, we were all about service. And you right. know, she worked on Jack Kennedy's first congressional campaign. No way. And I said to her, "What did you do? Uh, what do you remember about Jack right. Kennedy? He had the filthiest apartment because she used to have to go what? in and clean up." To, after the girl left right. to get it cleaned up before right. Jackie got back. Right. That was her job no on the campaign. Wow. No yeah. fucking <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Is that going to be released this week? In yeah. the, uh... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is perfect timing. <laughs> but, wow. And, and, and um, you know, she thought that they were all handsome and, uh, you know, dumbbells. 
Really? You know, but, Even but, Jack? Yeah, Jack was, you know, wow. she thought Teddy was the smartest of, right. all, the, of all the boys. Well, of course, he, he drove away. Right. <laughs> so. there you, go. <laughs> you know, really, he yeah. did have some dry cleaning to yeah. pick up. <laughs> you know, really, let's be fair. <laughs> so you went to boarding it, private school? Yeah, or did went, you we live all there? Went to, no, we all went to... Uh, Deerfield. No, I went to Deerfield. I went to... Uh, private school all the way through. I went to Deerfield, which is a four-year... Did you live there? Yes. yes. Wow. Oh, wow. That's not Joey either. Yeah. I lived my last year... Uh, my eighth grade, I boarded, too. We moved. My brother... You know, it, no, it's... Uh, um, there were... Uh, Deerfield, there were very uh, few of us. My right. freshman year, uh, I was thrown into a cesspool for the unpardonable crime of being Jewish. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What yeah. a fucking asshole. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and did you, were you bar mitzvahed? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. And I can still read. And, you yeah, know, me and too. I, yeah, yeah. I it's don't know fun. what the it's, fuck I'm saying, yeah, but well, I you like know, it. Right. You, um, and um, it's sort of a, it's kind of a cute skill that, right. you know, has no use. Right. But it's like, yeah, I can do this. I can read yeah. this. You know? Wait, Leonard, can you read it? I can bro? read it, yeah. Wow. I can follow along. But what yeah. is with all the singing now? They oh, don't yeah, it's all music. Is that it's Madonna? That's Madonna. I blame Madonna because <laughs> because all of a sudden she with the cabal and, and all yeah. of a sudden they can't stop singing. And it's it's like uh, the bit you used to do about the the girl that sings the song from Pippin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh but it's, it's everything is every, everything has its season. Yeah, yeah, yeah but everything <laughs> yeah. song every right. they're all like that. It's I like know. really. It's all when I did Sondheim? Well, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, were you close with your siblings or no? Yes, yes. And I was, are they all really smart? Uh, yeah. I would say the vast majority, right? Are are very. I would say sounds like five, five out of six. Yeah, five. <laughs> Ring it. Ring it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, yeah my my family very smart. My, uh, I have a lot of teachers in my family. My right. oldest brother's a literature professor wow. in North Carolina. My sister, one of my sisters, was a fourth grade teacher for 35 years. Wow. One of my sisters is a doctor. Mm, what Be- kind? Became a shrink. Wow. And, and you know, shrink can't help herself shrink. Right. You know, that kind yes. of shrink. Oh, yeah. And medical school in Israel. I, so I, I, fuck I, I, you. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> doctor at 37, became a yeah. doctor at 37. Wow. Yeah, and my younger brother uh, teaches um, police. He's like the Stanley Kaplan of cops. He teaches, right. every cop in Massachusetts knows him, and he teaches right. cops how to take placement exams and, and how to kill he, black people well no no he's he's right. he's definitely against that <laughs> right That's you know years school. ago but years ago in during 2000 when al gore you know didn't lose right. and they had the first <laughs> debate and al gore talked about the springfield police yes. department about the profiling the the that that they had made huge strides in going against that type of uh, tactic my brother had advised the Springfield Police Department about that. It was instrumental. He in should that. do that for the rest of the fucking yeah, Chicago or something. Uh, well, it's you know if you could if you could get more than fifty percent of the country to sort of give a shit right, about right, it. Right, right, right. You know, you know maybe it's yeah. wrong. You know, maybe Richie Marsh. He remember had Richie, a remember, candy bar. Yeah, 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 right. Remember Richie Marsh used to do a bit about you know history is all wrong. You know, the um, the blacks should have built the pyramids and the Jews should have picked cotton because you know blacks are oh, they're always in such good shape and Jews are so good with fabric. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great funny. Uh, Richie, you, yeah, Richie Morris. Was oh, big time. You know what? I see him. Wait. Like I see him sure. walking at the mikvah mobile. He is in my neighborhood, and he just the minute he became orthy ortho. Oh my god! He doesn't talk to me. He doesn't look at me. But he walks down. Do you know who? I he don't is? know who he is. Richie Morris was a was a brilliant comic. He was one of the original writers on Late Night. Right. Oh. And um, he had a million great bits and he did for a very short time just to annoy people but it was funny he did a two-man with gilbert Mm. called light and easy or Mm -hmm. sometimes coffee and cake they were also known as (laughs) right and um he was big time funny and i'll just do one of his lines for you he said do you you know that 
both Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth both died of an incurable disease. You know, in the 1920s, I don't think the Yankee locker room was as clean as it could have been. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. He, but is, he, he walks around. He's got this walk, and he's just he's just a professional Jew. When I don't know. It, I want to say at least 25 yeah, years 25 ago. Yeah, 25 years ago. You know, if... I've never heard of him. Yeah. yeah he and was at the it, strip. He was at the comic strip. He was strip. a strip. He was at Catch. He was really, really, really funny. What do you think snapped that he became Orthy Ortherman? <laughs> well, you know, there there are there are three guys that I remember when I was starting out that didn't work on Friday. Right. Stu Trevax. Richie Morris. Yeah. And for some reason Bob Nelson. Just, really? Yeah, and and he's not even Jewish. <laughs> he just Wait, it was just Trevax, in the, it was, yeah. just, it was yeah. just like in his kind just didn't feel like it. Just didn't feel like oh it. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, he now Stu Trebax, you get it because yeah. it's Rochambeau Avenue and right. the Bronx yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. the, you know, the whole thing and the right. two satellite dishes and the whole thing, yeah. right? And um, yeah, I don't. Uh, but I don't, what does he do now, Richie Morris? I don't know. I don't know. I think he's a professional Jew. Huh? There's money in there. <laughs> There's <laughs> always <laughs> so I used you, to do a line in my act, talk yeah. about stuff that I could have done. As I said, I could have done an hour HBO special of stuff that never worked. I would have, you oh. know, really good stuff right. that never. And I had to, my father's a big businessman in Israel. Right. His phone has call waiting, call forwarding, and call Nidre. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> this is the biggest laugh that ever got. That's so do it. funny. Yeah. You should do that, that special. That would be great. We should all do that special. Yeah. I know. Yeah, but but um, every comic yeah. has an hour of, of jokes that, that, that should and, work. And, and I don't. thought, like, there's so many jokes. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so funny. And then I'm like, Dead. hello? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. Adrian used to describe that. I said, how's this audience? And she used to say, they're, uh, <laughs> who is this? You know, this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you were fu you were telling jokes at four, apparently, in the barber shop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first joke I ever told, my mother claims, I was in the barber shop and I had very long eyelashes, and the woman, uh, some the mother of the kid next to me, said, uh, "Oh, you have such lovely eyelashes. Do you use mascara?" And I said, "No, Noxema." And of course, <laughs> they were out. They do were. Do they? Wow. No one knows what Noxema is anymore. Right, do it's they? a shame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've had to take that out. That was yeah. uh, that was a facial wash. Yeah, it was. Well, it for was zits, right? It was a cream. cream. It yeah, was cream. skin cream, and Noxema. I used to use it. And I only knew it because I used to sunburn as a kid, right. and that's what they would put on right. you. Right, Noxema. Right. That's right. Yeah. It, so then, all right. So you go to. Har did they all go to Ivy Leagues? You're no, just me and my my younger brother. My younger brother went to Harvard. My uh, no, that we and so my father what, went to Yale. My right. mother went to Radcliffe. Oh, okay. My mother really wanted to go to Sarah Lawrence, right? But at the time, didn't nee. take you. Ding, ding, yeah. Ding. yeah. So she went to like Phil's College in right. Maryland for a year. You know, right. someplace I don't know. And then no, she, she got in. She got into Radcliffe, and and that's yeah. And so, can we do uh, a scene of your mother after you get your acceptance from Harvard? Um. You know, I don't. I don't think it was that. You know, really? to me, it was sort of uh, expected, and it right. was. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't that. I'm trying to think of. Well, you've. Uh, well, you Let know. Me, uh, I just want you to know. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> Bill is going. Ahead. No, it wasn't like Did that. They have like it a wasn't. Big it wasn't. It wasn't no, no it wasn't like I'm going to marry right. Elaine Robinson. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like that at all and uh my mother was a stay-at-home narcissist right. and um <laughs> Got nice work if you can get yeah. it yeah but uh you know my mother is um is she's still uh alive she's 94 wow. and um she's uh you know she's always going to be the smartest person in the right. room but there's the difference between my parents this is a million years ago this is like in the early 80s Here's the difference between my two parents. They go to Israel. They come back. I say, <laughs> I'm enjoying that. And I say, how's the trip to Israel? And my mother says, uh, well, not only was it inspirational, but it was educative. <laughs> that word don't exist. And, uh, okay, put dad on. Dad, how, was the, how was the trip to Israel? Ah, 
I had a piece of melon in Tel Aviv. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. It was green, but it tasted orange. <laughs> Like, that's now, the, is a Jew could have spelled E J E W? No, it, no, it's <laughs> Jew. It, it, right? Yeah, you yeah, would think. Yeah, yeah. So it should be. What did she mean? It, she meant educational. educational yeah. But I guess that there's an alternate, yes. you know, Druid. Yes. Pronunciation. <laughs> uh, so after knowing that, you decided to study lat. lat you yeah, study so lat. No, I studied that. I, I decided that way before. My mother used to call it going to the gynecologist. By right. the way, the no gyne- way. Yeah, the gynecologist. Well, she was an alcoholic. So, but uh, was she? oh yeah. I, you're now, not wait, Jewish. Alcoholic. Look, we. They took this Kennedy thing very seriously. Here's the yeah. thing about here's the thing about Jews and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, we we do drink. I speak for myself. Right, We're I just do. not crazy about paying for it. Right. You know, so yeah. that's that's the uh, right. that's the thing. But I studied uh, Latin. Yes, I majored in Latin because I thought the church was going to come back, <laughs> and it did. And and, um, and Greek and too. Greek. Yeah. And uh, do you speak Greek? No, I I made it was ancient Greek that right. I studied, not the modern Greek. Oh and, my God. Just think of your parents with how much money they're spending on yeah. Harvard, and that's what was that a thing? Well, well it was they. Um, what they weren't. Do uh, well, it was. But back then, nothing you learned in college right. was going to be any kind of practical. Right. But it's the best education for a writer, oh, I believe, yeah, to study absolutely. to study Latin and Greek. I, you know, and I really? loved. It was the only thing I was interested in. And you know, what do you do with it? You either become a Latin teacher or a pharmacist. And um, <laughs> that's the thing. And uh, <laughs> so I was. Uh, I was on that track. And then my freshman year, I took a graduate course in, um, uh, in her, uh, no, it was, uh, I can't remember who it was. Oh, in Tacitus, I got a D. And then I said, I think I'm gonna be a sports writer. <laughs> and so I ended up majoring right. in, I still majored, I had the major. Right. And then I was working on the paper and I was gonna be a sports writer. And I was for a while. And and you were and when in a I band ca- too, right? No, I was in a band. No, my brother was in the band. That's where I wrote the book on. Now I have right. a band that I started when I was the 50s. Truants. Yeah. Now when I was a sports writer, I yeah. was still a sports writer when I came to New York. Right. I was freelance. I was working for Sport Magazine, and my specialty was hockey. So I meet Larry Amaros, who is was still playing hockey. Yeah. And, and real hockey player. And could have could have made a living at it if he had a detached retina his senior year, and he really could have. I mean, he could have made a living at really? it. Really? Yeah, that's how good he was. Larry I saw, Amaros I saw, a hockey player? Oh, Larry a goalie. Am- I, I remember. S- I saw him play once, and I said to him, you could have made a living at it. And he said, yeah. He said, I got injured my senior year. And wow. he was wonderful. So, of course, uh, yeah, Larry. He was, and he still played. Now like back, he, yeah, yeah. Right, and back then, um, Larry hadn't quite come out. Mm-hmm. And it was very important that I didn't know. Right even though I did. Right. How could you not And there's know? a story, yeah. there's a great story about him and Abby Stein, the late Abby Stein, yeah. going to Show World. And I don't know if you've been to Show World, but apparently what I've heard is that there's a room <laughs> where there's live uh, sex acts, heterosexual sex, right. and then there's a door you can go through if your taste goes right. to the man-on-man, woman-on-woman. Right, right. And so... Uh, so Abby and Larry go there because you know it's during the day. What do they right. do? They're comics, right? right? And they go there, and Larry goes through the gay door, mm-hmm. then comes back out and says to Abby, "Don't tell Bill Sheff. You saw me go through this door." <laughs> so now Larry and I, I'm doing a piece for, I think Hockey Illustrated, another right. magazine doesn't exist anymore, on Billy Smith of Islander goalie. Right. And I say to Larry, "Listen, do you want to go to the Islander game with me? Because I don't have to cover the game." I just got to interview Billy after the game, and we'll sit in the press box, and we'll have a lot of laughs. He says, fine. So he lived right near there. So we go, and uh, he says to me, what do we do? The game ends, and he says, what do we do now? I said, well, I go down. We go to the locker room, and I interview Billy Smith. Right. So I go down, and Larry is behind me. And I go, and I interview Billy Smith. It takes like five, ten minutes. I just ask him about the game. And then I turn around, no Larry. I go into the other locker room, no Larry. I go in the equipment room, no Larry. I go in the trainer's room, no Larry. I go into the shower, Larry. What? He's standing at the end of the shower with the Jack Benny. Oh my God! I go, Larry, what are you doing? Nothing. You know, it's like the producers, well, if it's nothing, let me see it, right? But he, yeah, it was, yeah. That is fucking 
Ridiculous. So, all right. We, yeah, okay. So. Wait, wait, but your uncle was a big. <laughs> my uncle was Herbert Warren Wynn, my mother's brother, right. the most famous golf writer this country has ever produced, coined the expression Amen Corner, wrote for The New Yorker right. for 40 years, right. wrote for Sports Illustrated before that. It's the biggest influence on my life as, well, the most important man in my life. Was, were your, was your family into sports at all? Oh, my God. My mother was a. My well, my my family was all pretty good athletes. Right. My mother was a really top flight golfer, and my mother wow. shot her age. Not Jewish. S- shot yes. her age at seventy seven. No what? way. Shot her age at seventy seven. I called Herb. I called Herbert Warren Wind, and I yeah. said, "How about your sister Giddy shooting her age at seventy seven? And he long pause. He said, "Nice to play alone, isn't it?" <laughs> Just implying. <laughs> Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked to my apartment. What was the first thing I did? is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better, and I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best, and Elisa has some too, and she loves them, and she talks to them too, but she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Okay, so then you you go to uh, college. You, gra- you graduate. Go, go to Albany. Right. And you not become some a of God's, writer. Yeah, not some of God's best work. Right, if you've been yeah. to Albany, it's yes, not I some. Have. I went to school yeah. in Albany. Thank you. you. Did you go to Albany State? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. The Danes. The Danes. The Great Danes. Now, now I wrote for the- The Purple Kingdom. Yeah. I wrote for the Times (laughs) Union and the Nick News. Oh, wow. The Nick News. I wrote for both What year was this? This is is 79 and 80. Okay. I was there a little after. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, here's the thing, is that I was the sports editor of the Harvard Crimson, and don't ask me, but you ask anybody who the best writer on the paper was, and they'll tell you it was me. Right. I'm, and who am I to disagree with them? Right, exactly. So, <laughs> Alan's Wydell. So, no, no, <laughs> so everybody. Yeah. So now it comes time to get a, a gig, and all my friends they go off to the New York Times, the Washington Post, Time, Newsweek, the LA, all the big papers, and and I wind up at the Albany Times Union. I got a, I sent a hundred clips out, got a hundred rejections. The only reason I got hired at Albany, they had rejected me. And then one of their sports writers, um, you know, uh, he, <laughs> what happened? Oh, he uh, got drunk, fell asleep, and set his house on fire <laughs> with him in it. So there was, an, there was an opening. Ah, dead, <laughs> dead. really? Zed, Zed, Zed. Remember Stacy Moskowitz's <laughs> yeah, yeah. mother? I want him Zed. Zed, Zed, Zed. And so there's an opening. Now, right. meanwhile, and... I didn't understand what happened. Well, what happened was everybody else at the Crimson called up the Times or right. the Post 
or Newsweek, or, and they said, yeah, I'm so-and-so, anybody from Harvard there, and then, okay, you start, now when can you start? Right. And I never thought to do, I didn't have that, I didn't have that thing in right. me. You know, I did not have the, and I still don't to this day, right. have the promotional gene right, in me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was at all, I was there for a year and a half, and then I moved to, New, I quit my job, and moved to New York with $1,500 to last the rest of my life. Right. But right before I stopped working there, they opened a club in Latham. Okay. Right across from the Latham Circle. Yep. Across from Sneaky Pete's, the disco. Okay. Sneaky Pete's was a disco in Latham, there. and then what yeah. happened is it burned to the ground, and what happened was- Was it brighter some, in it? No, some Goomba. Okay. <laughs> wow. Quick. I should have thought of that. Yeah, sorry. So what happened is, is uh, some Ginzo Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, put a rag in a bottle of Paco Rabanne, lit it, and tossed it, and that's, oh, that's how. That's a great idea. So now yeah. uh, there's an opening. <laughs> yeah. No, but so <laughs> I used to work in a place across the street, and they used to pay me in food. So I thought, you right. know, I can do this for a living. And I moved to New York, and I couldn't make enough money as a freelance sports writer. And I started auditioning at Catch, and the first. But t- you knew you were funny. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I but I didn't. But you know, there's. You know, there's living room bowls. Right, right. Right. I mean, I wanted to get up. I mean, I won my undergraduate talent show right. at Harvard doing stand-up. But it's, right. but you know there's funniest guy in the office. Right. You know there's that. Yes, and yes. then there's, can you make a living at right. it? Can you do this? And um, so I auditioned to catch. I go on. And back then, you could audition every month. Right. And I did well. And I got off. And the woman who was emceeing said, you're very funny. Instead of coming back in a month, come back in two weeks. Right. It was Adrian. Right. And, you know, I mean, I felt, you know, I really pretty much fell in love with her instantly. And then I had to audition another five times. No way. And then I fell, yeah, it took me, she didn't pass me till like the sixth time. And how many times did that come up in your relationship? <laughs> well, she would always say it was two, you know, and yeah, I would right. say it was five. I said, right. you know, I was there, it was five. Right, right. And, uh, but I finally passed audition and then I became... Because I used to sit in the room and I knew everything that was going on. I mean, I became an MC really early, not because I was so funny, because I was a good administrator. Right. And they ran the show at Catch. They put people on. They who, were the who was working down there at the time. Lewis. Well, the the the, the, the three. Well, Louis Ferranda was the bartender. He was the barkeep. Yeah. No, and Goldie, you gotta get on. Yes. You gotta get on. Right. Goldie, you gotta get on. I'm <laughs> telling you. And yeah. and one night, you know, the the last time Louis was on stage, don't you? No. He was a singer. Right. He had an audition for a Broadway show. Right. Adrian tells a story, and he walks in with the chaps, the vest. No way. The no shirt and the little cowboy hat, yeah. the kerchief. <laughs> and he goes, he goes on stage, and I don't know, I guess he sang The Man That Got Away or whatever. Right. <laughs> whatever he sang. And it, he didn't get the gig, and he never went on stage again. And Louis Ferranda had a, a, a giant, a three-foot porcelain... Um, Dalmatian right. in his apartment. And uh, Larry Amoros lived the floor below him. Right. And Larry gave us the key, and Adrian made these white porcelain turds <laughs> that we put, that we planted <laughs> behind. Very funny. Very funny. Very funny. Yeah. Did, yeah. Wait, and, that's, and, and that's why he's a comedy maven. Because yeah. he didn't think that was right, funny. Exactly. Wait, but. H, age. Have- Why are you you're calling? You know the one thing that Adrian was so sensitive right. about was how old she was. Age, right. age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and did- it's that kind of eye was he that has made I him know. the. I know. And he is the he's the artistic <laughs> he, 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 director, director of Caroline. Yeah, yeah. He's been getting back at you ever since. Yeah. Wait, does did uh what, did he have a good voice? Yeah, he had a great voice. Wow. He had a great voice. We're he was an wow. absolute. He was an absolute natural. He was, and I think he was a singing waiter at you know some other you know let right. go or be spanked. You know one of those right, places right, downtown. Right. <laughs> I believe that was the name of the place. Heard of that let place go. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, were you there when he had a girlfriend? For oh wait a minute for, for like a year. A year. He had this girl. Then he's like, she's my girl, and I'm like, you're gay. Yeah. And. No, uh, and he had this fucking girlfriend. Well, you know, he used to um, say to uh, Larry, Emmo, Emmo, I have a drinking problem. And, and Larry would say, Lewis, your mother died. You had half a glass of white wine. That's not a drinking problem. <laughs> I, miss, I miss it terribly. <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. Well, who, what other Larry comics? Amoros, let me, so oh, Larry okay, sure. Amoros, 
still, this is the, and you know, we're, we're all good, all the people here, we're all good with the audience. Right. You work on that. Nobody in LA is, but people in New right, York right, are. Right. And, 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 you know, Larry was the best. And Larry, to, to my, uh, as far as I'm concerned, has the best audience line I ever heard, although Adrian's is the second best, but the, we're at Caroline's at the seaport one night, mm-hmm. and Larry's running the room, mm-hmm. and where are you from? And a guy up front says, I'm from Grover's Mountain, Vermont. And Larry goes, yeah, great, and he starts to move, and the guy keeps talking, he says, it was, nam- it was named for a man named Grover who climbed to the top of the mountain. And Larry said, well, thank God they didn't catch him puking in a shell station. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who can <laughs> now the now oh, the, the the second best ad lib? <laughs> I'm embarrassed about this, but I yeah. had completely forgot about this, and this came up after Adrian died in yeah. December. David Feldman said that he was he was in the audience. You know, he was working, waiting right. to go on one night, and Adrian's working the room. And there's a young couple up front, and she says, "How long have you been married?" And they say three three years. And Adrian says, any kids? And the guy says, no, but we're trying. And she says, well, maybe if you turned her over, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir. <laughs> maybe if you turned her over, sir. <laughs> oh, God, I love that room. That room was, was a great room. I remember, I, and I would, remember those two high chairs by the, there was these two chairs where you know the MC would sit right before right. they had to go on, and it was right by the sound system. Sis, you're yeah. being kind, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I w- you'd sit there all night. I would sit there just watching, and it was where was it? Seventy first. It was on first between seventy seven and seventy eight. And why did it go under? Because it, uh, cocaine. It, it went mostly. Was wasn't it? Richard Fields owned it. He just he mismanaged it. They yeah. went public. They they expanded yeah. too quickly. Mm. He had an absolute gold mine, right? And um, they just went, you know, they just went elsewhere with the. I don't think it was no, uh, because that was before, right? That was before, and um, you know, they went under, and then the improv right. went under, and I'll never forget the last night at the improv, and we were all over next door at the Westway, right? right. And we were there till like two, like, like two, corner, yeah, yeah, two, yeah, like about three in the morning. And then everybody gets up to leave, and John Manfalotti says, okay, so we're going to meet six weeks from now at Catch when Catch closes. Because <laughs> this is what was right. happening. And the fact that the strip it's is still, still there, op- the is still strip. open, and it just shows you that they've adjusted. And, right. Because these places were absolutely printing their own money. We were getting paid yep. $6. Right. Did you ever work at Catch? No. It was closed by the time. Wow. I, I never even saw it. It was long gone. Yeah. Well, it, it was, was the, It was the center of the universe. Yes. And it was, it was one of those it places. It was the energy in that place. Wow. It was, I'm, t- I'm telling you, you walked in that room and it was like, this is where you become and, a star. And I emceed... I emceed shows on the weekend where there were five acts, okay, yeah. on the show. And right. the acts would be Riser, Jerry, Marr, Robin, Rodney. I mean, that wow. was the, yeah. that was the, you know. Larry David, I used to watch him go Well, Larry on. was yeah. later, yeah, Larry yeah, was later. he would later. throw the mic on the ground. Right, right. Yeah. So well, that was off. the first time, the first time <laughs> right. I ever saw Larry. Now, in, so the first time I ever saw Larry was... Oh. December of 1981. De- December of 1981. And what I didn't know is that on, in, during the holidays, a lot of the I acts... I thought you were going to say during the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, I could have. <laughs> I didn't get my sides. Yeah, all right, and sorry. And so, uh, so a lot of the comics from L.A. would come back to New York to see their family. So Larry comes back. This is when he was still working on Fridays. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Larry David's... He's going to go on, Larry David. And I see him pacing back and forth mm-hmm. in the bar. And Ron Zimmerman says to him... Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you pacing? And Larry looked at him and said, do you know Woody Allen used to throw up before he went on everything? And I was like, okay, I got to see this guy. So now, so now I go in. Right. I got to see this. So he goes in and it's packed and it's 10 o'clock, which was absolute right. prime time. Yes. And you know, from Friday's Larry Day, that place goes nuts and he goes on stage and he does his first line, right. which was, you know what they say about attractive people we're not well liked. That was his opening line. <laughs> Kills. Then he does, he does about three lines right. that kill. And then he does a line that doesn't do very well. And you hear, 
is it uh, is it hot in here? And then he does two lines go well, a line doesn't do that well. It's very, very hot in here. Oh my God. <laughs> then he does one line that works, one line that doesn't. Right. You know, you pay these prices and then the air conditioner is faulty. And then he does two lines in a row right. that don't work. And really, it's really, really hot in here. <laughs> and a guy in the audience actually says, hey, what's your problem? Oh my What's God. my problem? I'll tell you what my problem is. My problem is you fucks come in here and there. And he just stormed off right. the stage. <laughs> and, and of course, as anybody can tell you from back then, that was repeated over, over and, and over. over. And he, you know, the whole thing. Sometimes the, he, yeah. the, the two, uh, arguably, okay, the two most brilliant comics back then, Larry David and Gilbert Gottfried. And you were worried with, with, uh, with Larry and Gilbert, you were right. worried. Are they ever going to get work? Right. Because there were just two out there. Right. Gilbert, it was a combination. Is he ever going to get work? Is he ever right. going to get laid? Right. That was the kind of, you know, boy, <laughs> were we then, wrong. Look, boy, were I we know. wrong. Look, I, mean, I mean, and she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. She's not from this earth. I know. And Dara. nobody nobody laughs harder. I know. At The the more inappropriate, the harder she laughs. <laughs> she's yeah. the, she's great. And he didn't she did my anyone. She did our podcast the other day. And right. in the middle, and I, I said to her, are there any times mm -hmm. at home where you have to say, look, I know you're Gilbert Gottfried, right. but not now. Right. And she said, are you kidding me? She said, he called me a big dyke the other day. <laughs> 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 so they, I come back with, yeah, but in oh, deference to Gilbert, big dyke, yeah. <laughs> some acclaim, <laughs> not just a dyke. <laughs> you know? ah, that's but, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so Larry... Um, you know, he was, you know, there were just a lot of he things. He would sometimes get up there, look at the audience, and then go, nah, 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 nah. I don't think yeah. so. Well, the story, <laughs> the, the thing. <laughs> I heard that. I, I told him it. when I saw him on, when he was doing his show on Broadway, um, uh, I came backstage and I said, you know, uh, you reminded me, because he's got to do the same show eight times a week. Right. Fish in the Dark. Right. Which is completely antithetical to everything, to everything about does, him. Yeah. So I come back and I say, you know, seeing you tonight reminded me of, this is about 1990, mm -hmm. and I go on stage at the Improv, and um, it's packed, and after it's, it's really not happening. And you know it after about five minutes. It's not happening. So it's not happening, you gotta do your time, so click, you know, so now I'm doing right. my time. You know, and the words are coming out, and you know, I finish, and you know, golf clap, and I get off stage, and he is standing at the door. Yeah. And I walk by him, and he says to me, "You, you have an autopilot I would kill for." That's so funny. You know, but the thing about Larry is, is that he, he is, as we say, he's exactly like you would imagine right, him, right, except right. more so. Right. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, you're at a dinner or you're somewhere and something happens and somebody, some straight person says, oh, this is just like an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. This is just like an episode of Curb. And the thing is, no, it's not. Right. But when you're with Larry, you never know when right. a scene from Curb might break out. Now, right. a few years ago, he comes to New York, we have dinner, and it's near the end of dinner, and I say, how about some dessert? And he says, no. No dessert for me. Ted Danson and I have a bet. No dessert for a year. So you figure, it's Larry David. Right. It's Ted Danson. Right. The bet is no dessert for a year. Right. It must be like 50. They're both billionaires. It must be right. like 50 grand or 100 grand. I bet right. you the bet's like a million dollars. Right. So I say to him, how much is the bet? $200. I said, have a piece of fucking cake. <laughs> So you're you're at cap first of all when when did you tell Adrian like there's so much I want to know so you meet Adrian oh my god go I was so, yeah I was so crazy about her and but she was in this powerful position correct and and it was really so you know there's nothing I I, I can do about it and Adrian was very uh, affectionate with 
everybody. Every Adrian was very kissy Hollywood. But big she hug, was also but a she maternal was, figure, right? So she yeah. was like that. But she was like that with everybody. But right. she was not like that with me. So I would, I would bring her little gifts, a gift that Jewish men would bring. I bring her like. You know, like a muffin, or because right, I know she, right, right. you know, or like some 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 locks, right, right, right you know, and um, and uh, one time I brought her. I had a very good butcher that lived, and I brought her like a steak, and she went, chef, meat for the Jew woman. That's very nice, yeah. <laughs> very thoughtful. And uh, but I never. And she said, and "Why? How you, long had you known her at this? A point? few months. Yeah. And she said, "Why do you bring me gifts?" And I said, "Cause you." She said, "Do you bring me gifts? Cause you." want to get on stage I said no I bring you gifts because I know you know how to receive them and um, and that was you know that was it and um, so she like I said she was very affectionate with right. everybody else so then now it's about a year and she starts kind of rubbing up against me during the show which is <laughs> Really, like, not was not on the rundown, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she's doing it, and then finally I said to her, because I'm a writer, <laughs> let's let's stop this suggestive sparring. And so she said, okay, let's have um, let's have breakfast after the show. And usually we would go out a bunch of us, right, to the green kitchen, to the green kitchen. So it's just her and uh, her and me. And she had been away. She'd been in Houston for a couple of weeks. And she said, I almost called you a few times. And I said, why? And she said, well, I have a crush on you. And I said, well, catch up. Because, right. you know, you're like about two years behind. Right, right. So we, we started to go out. And she said, we can't tell anybody. And I said, why? And she said, because I'm powerful right. and you're not. And it's going to look really bad right. for both of us. So I go, okay. So that goes on for a while. How long? About two months. Mm -hmm. And then I decide, I, I don't like this. Right. You know, and um, so I say something to her about it. I said, I don't like it. It seems like I'm a secret. And, uh, and she says, okay, we'll tell people. So we started to tell people. So, of course, soon after that, because people knew, I said something very, very stupid. And I don't want to say that it got back to her because I told her. Right. Because I thought what I said was funny. Right. We were at the kitchen last night and somebody said this and I said, this is the funniest thing. All right, let me call you back. <laughs> and then she calls me back and she says, um, you know, you're too young for me. Bang. Hangs up. And that's it. So we broke up. For what? Like, it was bad. It was, it was out Do of line. Do you remember what yeah, you said? Yeah, and I will never tell anybody. It was really Fuck. stupid. It was really, really stupid. It was just an awful I mean, if you were look at you, I mean, uh, this is good with the wrong on the radio, but you look at me now. I mean, I'm not thrilled about it, right. even remembering right. it now. So now we, now, but we got to see each other all the time. This is, I was devastated. Right. And um, luckily, she started working on the road more, and, uh, but it got tougher and tougher. So we didn't see each other for about six months. And then but we you saw each other at the right. club. Right, so yeah. we didn't start. And then around November, we started to see each other again. And it looked like, okay, we're going to get back together. And then there was another, then she got back at me right. for what I had done to her. Right. <clears throat> and uh, so that was it. And my New Year's resolution for 1983 was, that's it. I'm not going to pursue right. this anymore. It's too painful. And my birthday is in February. So now, <clears throat> it's my birthday, I have a car, and it's me, Larry, Schmock and Valley, Eric Zoid, my best friend who passed away, right. and oh Danny Vitale. Oh, no way. How about this table? And we're all going to go out, we're going to go to Chinatown, then we're going to go drinking. And, you know, Adrian, ideal table for Adrian, six guys and her, right. always. So she... <laughs> Is I'm seeing, and she's sort of looking longingly, you know. She's missing out on this right, ride. Right. And she comes up to me right before we leave, and she said, you know, happy birthday. And I said, thanks a lot. And so we go out, we have a lot of laughs, we get drunk. Right. The next day, she calls me, and she said, did you have a good time last night? I said, yeah. And she said, do you promise that you'll never say anything that fucking stupid again? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, I want to see you. And that oh. was, and, and February 20th, we got back together. We moved in exactly a year later. Wow. And that was the thing. Now, 
did she ever bring that thing up again? I would, I would, uh, uh, very, very rarely. Wow. Because people, because I say I would tell people that we broke up for nine months, and they would say, "Why did you break up for nine months?" And she would say, "Tell them," and, uh, and that was it. That was the extent of it. Right. I wouldn't tell them. I said somebody might have said something stupid. Now, you, your relationship in the comedy world is known as the relationship to have like right. seriously the role model the love i can't you too it's i can't I, there's no words to describe i mean i wasn't allowed well, we were well, but, it's yeah, a love story but, but we it were. really is a love story and respect and and respect of one you know that's the thing that you 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 know you cared about each other you cared about each other's uh, as much as you cared about yourself. You know what right. I mean? Y that well, we cared about the other right, more than we right, cared about right, ourselves. Right, right. And the thing was, and here's the deal: all of a sudden, I'm an expert on relationships because my marriage ended in death. Apparently, right. that makes me an expert yes. on it. <laughs> and um, the two, the biggest factor was we didn't have kids, right. so we could completely and utterly be for each other. Right. So that was the advantage. The other thing was that we always felt like we had found each other, we had picked each other, and we had overcome the mistakes that we made over and over again with right. other people. And and that was the thing. And um, yeah, that was the thing. And I remember we did this circuit, because Adrian was a bit older than me, and uh, Adrian was 18 years older than me. So we were on this circuit for a while in the late 80s, the older women, younger man circuit. Right. We did Dr. Ruth show. Right. We did Regis and Kathy Lee when it was still local. Right. So, and we did a bunch of shows and we were featured in you know, a lot of pieces uh, in the newspaper and magazine. And so I do the Regis show and now it's a pre-interview and it's older women and younger men. Right. And the three, so there's three of us. And there's there's uh, there's a guy, an actor, real greaseball, and he's out. He's going out with some rich chick, right? Rich divorcee. Right. There's him. There's another guy who's a kid, who's going out with a PA on the Regis show, right? Who's six months older than him. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's, right. that's a bit. And then a there's me, <laughs> right? And we have the pre-interview with right. Dr. Judith Kuriansky. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. TV psychologist yeah. <laughs> and notary public, <laughs> Judith Kuriansky. So now she's the pre-interview. So she says, one of the questions is, are you worried about, because these women are so much older than you, are you worried about them losing their beauty? And the actor, who I hate just on principle, <laughs> right. says, well, you know, women can get up to... Six facelifts. What? And, and Dr. Judith Kuriansky go is nodding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I say, hey, whatever happened to the one that you fall in love with is always the prettiest. And she looked at me like I was from the planet Jew. <laughs> <laughs> she could not comprehend right, what right, I right. was saying. And, um, well, but maybe, I, yeah. and, you know, it was, um, we, uh, we really uh, got it, and we got uh, each other. And uh, I'll just tell you something. And this happened. I want to. This is three days before she dies, and she is not in good shape. Right. And she's in bed, and it's really. We had to start really early in the morning, and um, so there was a comic. We have to educate the listeners. Yeah. He was a comic booker named Mark Rossi. Okay. Now we do we know Mark Mark Rossi weighed four hundred pounds. Right. He was the last guy to hit four hundred since Ted Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 and Mark Rossi was absolutely enormous. And forget the act. But the two things you need to know about Mark Rossi was that he had a brush that he used mm -hmm. when he was in the shower to clean in between the folds. Okay. Of, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> now right, the other thing yeah. about Mark Rossi was underneath his bed, he had many, many jars of his own urine. Okay, so now, 
So this is uh, uh, this is a long way to go. It's okay. a long way to go for this. Okay, okay. so now I come in. But the it, jars are closed. I'm assuming. Go ahead. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not All making right, any guarantees. I'm All not right, making. You asked. I'm not All making right. any guarantees. All right. I make no promises. So I come in in the morning at six thirty in the morning, and it's the room is dark, and I come in with a bottle of uh, disinfectant mm-hmm. that that happens to be clear and that happens to be yellow, and Adrian, three days from dying, looks at me and says. <laughs> Where'd you get that Rossi's house? <laughs> it's a joke. It's 30 years old. The reference, it's only for me. Right. The woman is dying. Did I mention she was dying? And yeah. It's hilarious. Isn't that unbelievable? Wow. And then another time, there were, um, I think we had the hospice nurse in, and uh, I sneezed. And Adrian looked at me and did Felix Unger's line from an, must be a flamingo in here. <laughs> it's like, really? We're going to do this? Yeah. On the way out? That was her. And I'll just tell you, and, and, and so now that the, uh, she died on a, a Wednesday morning. So Tuesday, early in the morning, we kind of knew. And she was very stringent about visitors. So it's Tuesday, and I hear that this, it's close. So I said, fuck it. So I start calling people. And from nine in the morning till nine that night, we had about 40 people come right. to the apartment. Among them, Dave Letterman, my boss right. for 24 years. And you know, you, you don't have, uh, by nature, your every relationship with Dave Letterman is complicated. So mine was complicated, hers was complicated. Because right. it's so great on one side, and then there's, you know, there's the being the big right. star. Right. So Dave comes in, and he and his wife go into the bedroom at like about 11, 20 minutes, the four of us telling jokes, story. Now, Adrian got a little tired, so she would look at me and she would say, man's lost in the desert. And I would say, okay, I know this joke. And that was, <laughs> and so it's 20 minutes and jokes and laughs, and then he gets up to leave, and he leaves. And I lean over to her and I said to her, I knew you would love that he had to come to you. <laughs> and then she looks at me, comic to the end, and she says to me, how'd I do? Did I do okay? <laughs> oh, is that unbelievable? That is. Right. Wow. And then the next morning, she, you know, and this is about 18 hours before she passed. Wow. So, that, I mean, that's, so it was like, I mean, she was always a comic and always, you know, was helping other comics, always, you know, the, whatever, whatever she did for you was repeated many oh, times. Oh, yeah, yeah, she yeah. saw the things in other people that she didn't have Mm -hmm. in herself. And, you know, she did not want people to waste things. Like she had, you know, she always said to me, she said, I never did the work. She said, I never, you know, she said, I did it at the end when she figured it out. She said, but I never did the work. And you, and you got to do the work. Yeah. You got to do the, yeah. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, it's Just Kill Me. Oh. Don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me. No, it's not. It's <laughs> just, just Kill Me. No, no, Judy no. Gold's Just it's Kill Me. Just, just Kill Me Now. <laughs>